What's really good? And welcome back to episode 28 of The Sanchez Show. I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games. Make sure you follow me across all social media platforms. It is L-E-G-E-N-D-I-N-T-W-O-G-A-M-E-S. Shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. And as always, we open up the platform for any great sports debate. So if you got a topic that you want to hear discussed on the show, present it. We might get into it. I might even invite you on to have the debate with me. With that being said, it is Monday, November 9th, and these are my Monday night reactions. Now, normally I would wait until the completion of the NFL week. Week 9 obviously still has a Monday night game going on tonight, but it's a game of, of very little interest. The Jets are tanking it away as Sam Darnold won't be playing tonight, and they're trying to position themselves. They're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. We know it. The Patriots, 2-5, and five, are barely holding on. They've looked really bad the last three weeks. They're on a four-game losing streak. Their season's just about over, though I expect them to win tonight. But rather than wait to the conclusion of that game, let's get into some of these thoughts right now because those two teams won't factor into the convo we're having today. Again, this is Monday Night Reactions. So we're talking about week nine of the NFL. And I'm going to give you some, some good sports debates that you can think about. I want to get your opinion on it. So let's start right there at the top. Week nine, biggest takeaways. Uh, the Saints are the best team in the NFC South. I mean, they showed it again. They've dominated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in both games they played this year. Um, the Ravens have issues, though they beat up on the Colts. And I shouldn't even say beat up. They were able to outlast the Colts. Colts offense is really bad, though. Colts defense is the top five defense. They came in ranked number two, and they showed why. They're very good. Unfortunately, they have a quarterback that's well past his prime. They've got a below average running game. They don't have playmakers at wide receiver, and the best part of their offense is their offensive line. So without the weapons, it, it means nothing. Um, Tua is the real deal. He bounced back after a sluggish start to his NFL career, but he's 2-0. and And right now the Dolphins are on a uh, four-game winning streak. They're 5-3. and three. They're right in the middle of the playoff hunt. So that's where we want to pick it up. Now, if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen that I've dropped in the past my top five title contenders in each conference. Again, this is not a power rankings. This is top five title contenders. So here we go. We'll start with the AFC. In the AFC, the top of this list is pretty clear. It's cut and dry. Kansas City is number one. Pittsburgh is number two. Baltimore is number three. All right. Then it gets a little trickier because, again, we've got a lot of teams that are mixed in at five and three. As I mentioned, you got the Colts. You got the Browns. They're not on this list for me. But you got Miami who's starting to peak. You got the Raiders who are starting to peak. Then you got teams that are just above them, like Buffalo, like Tennessee. So again, one, two, and three. Pretty easy. Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Kansas City's the best team in the AFC. I can't see a team beating them in the playoffs, especially not an arrowhead, um, and keeping pace with them to score on their on their consistent level. The one game they lost this year, the Raiders had to put up 40 points to beat them. In the playoffs, it's going to be a lot tougher to do. They're also a very opportunistic defense. They're not a shutdown defense, but they put you in positions where they can force turnovers and make you one-dimensional. And that's why I still think they're the best team in the AFC. They're 8-1. I, I, to me, it's, it's them and then everyone else. It's just beneath them. Pittsburgh is slightly beneath them. Pittsburgh is 8-0, but it's a very confusing 8-0 because – if you look at the games they've played and you look at some of those wins, you you kind of wonder how they even pulled those wins off. Yesterday was another example of that. They struggled 
against a Dallas team that's on their fourth different quarterback in five weeks. We saw them struggle early in the year against the Giants. They struggled uh, in their win over the Ravens. I, I thought they were dominated in their in their win really against the Ravens. So they've had moments this year where I really wonder, are they closer to the 8-0 and team that we see on record or are they closer to a team that should be 6-2 and or 5-3? and I, I think they're closer to that. Um, and we also got to see them play Baltimore one more time, uh, which will be uh, a true test for them. But for the time being, Pittsburgh, because of the the weakness of their schedule, they, they're in line to probably get to 10-0 and 0 before we actually see them take a loss. So they should be good for the next two weeks. For now, I still got them at number two. Baltimore I have at number three. Baltimore's defense is lights out. They showed it again yesterday. They had two big turnovers against the Colts that changed that game. Baltimore still obviously has the reigning MVP in Lamar Jackson, and we'll get into some MVP talk later. But they don't have the playmakers on the outside, and that's what concerns me the most. The last two weeks that they've played better defenses, Pittsburgh and Indianapolis, they've struggled at times to move the ball. They've relied too much on Lamar creating plays uh, with his legs. And that's a recipe for disaster because Lamar is turnover prone. He has been known to put the ball on the ground. He fumbles a little bit. Sometimes he gets a little careless with, with passes in the coverage. That's how the Tennessee Titans were able to beat them in the playoffs last year. And unless Des Bryant uh, somehow is better than he was four years ago when the Cowboys released him, if somehow Hollywood Brown develops into a true number one receiver, I don't see this thing changing for Baltimore. I think they're still a scary team. They're, they're ne- you're never going to overlook them as long as Lamar's on the field. But I can't put them in the same conversation as Kansas City or Pittsburgh. Those teams have multiple ways they can beat you. Those teams have a lot of weapons at all the skill positions where they can exploit matchups. Baltimore just doesn't have that. They've got Lamar, who's their biggest weapon, and then it's a major drop-off at the receiver. And even at tight end, I like Mark Andrews. But again, you're not going to win playoff games consistently when your best offensive weapon outside of your quarterback is just a tight end. It doesn't happen. So those are my top three. Then four and five, it gets a little tricky. Number four, I've got Oakland. I've got Oakland for a number of reasons. One, I think they've been very consistent through their first eight games. I also think that the win over Kansas City highlights where this team is trending. They are, I think, getting hot right now. They're starting to come together as a team. The weapons on this team are pretty good. They've got to get their old line together. But I like Harry Ruggs. I like Darren Waller. I like Josh Jacobs. They've got some good pieces and Derek Carr has played solid this year. So I know people will say, well, look, Buffalo's got a better record. Yeah, but Buffalo's also gotten fat on the, on, on the AFC East. Buffalo at seven and two, four of those wins are within their division. And we know the division isn't strong. They also played Miami earlier in the year when Miami wasn't peaking the way they are now. So Buffalo at seven and two is tricky for me. But I don't have them at number four. I think Oakland's strength of schedule so far, I think their defense has played better than we thought they would. I think their offensive weapons are better than we realized at the start of the season. And I like Oakland. I like where they're trending. And again, this is not a power rankings. This is who I feel has the best shot to come out of the AFC. I don't think Buffalo could go into Kansas City, Pittsburgh, or Baltimore to get the win. I do think Oakland would have a better shot going into one of those places to get the win. Just my thoughts. Veteran quarterback, veteran head coach, solid weapons. I think I like them a little bit more than Buffalo. I got them at number four, and I've got them slightly ahead of Tennessee, who I have at number five, and here's why. Tennessee, yes, has a slightly better record, 6-2, and two, but Tennessee's defense is nowhere near as good as it was last year. 
And that is a major concern for me. They just released Vic Beasley, who was one of their free agency pickups, who was supposed to provide the pass rush that they were going to lose um, after letting go of Jarrell Casey. That hasn't worked out. They had to release him, as I mentioned. Jadavian Clowney has done nothing so far. And in a game where I expected to see them dominate the Bears, they did at moments, but their defense still looked a little shaky to me. And I, I just, I'm not sold on Tennessee. I think Tannehill is just as good as he was last year. I think Der- Derrick Henry is still just as good as he was last year, but that defense is not as good. And that's the biggest difference. They are not a team, I think, that is suited for consistently having to play high scoring back and forth games. They they just, the weapons aren't built for that. It's a good team. Again, I have them slightly below Oakland. It goes back to the thinking again of who would I trust more having to go into Pittsburgh or Baltimore or possibly even Kansas City to win the game. Tennessee showed some glimpses last year. They did go into Baltimore and I give them credit for that. But right now, the defense, as we see now through nine weeks, is nowhere near as good as that defense last year. Just my thoughts. But through week nine, again, I've got Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Oakland, Tennessee. Buffalo is just on the outside of that. And as I mentioned, Buffalo to me has been very shaky. They're 4-0 within the AFC East, which is probably the second weakest division in all of football behind the NFC East. Again, beat up on the Jets, beat up on the, on the Patriots, beat up on the Dolphins in week two before the Dolphins really got themselves going. Because um, since that point, the Dolphins have been 5-1. and one. Just outside. They could adjust next week. Again, championship rankings. Top five title contender rankings, not power rankings. In the NFC, the picture isn't much clearer there. I mean, it's still tough, but we got to start at the very top, the New Orleans Saints. They're hot. They're on a winning streak. They've dominated Tampa Bay the last two times. They played them, obviously, this year. The two times they played them with Brady. Their defense is starting to come together. Marcus Davenport is back now. Cameron Jordan's going to get one-on-one matchups now on the outside. Marshawn Lattimore is looking like a beast. He has shut down Mike Evans again for the record, and he, he retweeted it. Last three games against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Evans has no catches against Marshawn Lattimore. When Marshawn is defending him, no catches for three straight games. It's one of the top cornerbacks in the game for a reason. I've got New Orleans number one. I've got Tampa number two. And here's why. I'm not completely sold on Tampa getting to the Super Bowl. I think they're still, they still got some more roadblocks. They still got more they got to show us. For all this talk about the weapons and, oh, man, it's going to be so tough to stop them. New Orleans has found a way to stop them both times. And the Bears found a way to stop them. And the Giants found a way to slow them down. They haven't gotten Leonard Fournette going the way we thought. Gronk has been hit or miss week to week. Antonio, obviously, this is his first game. Godwin is, is hurt, just came back from a broken finger. And they've got to find a way to get Mike Evans more involved. So on paper, the weapons sound great, but it just hasn't translated. And so I think I still need to see a little bit more. For now, I've got them number two because, again, the only team they've lost to is the Saints. But uh, and I'm, I apologize. They did lose to the Bears as well. But they got to show me more. They've got to show me more at this point. I, I still like them a little bit more than some of the other teams here. So I've got them number two for now. Again, this is subject to change week to week. Number three, Green Bay. Green Bay has been pretty steady this year. And I think they're starting to get a little healthy. Devontae Adams is back. He's been hot. Aaron Jones is a legitimate stud at running back. They got to get their offensive line healthy. I think their defense... It's starting to come into form. 
Last year, I thought they were a little more opportunistic defensively, so we haven't seen that from them. But Aaron Rodgers is an MVP candidate, and we know Aaron Rodgers in any playoff situation is going to be very dangerous and very difficult to beat. Now, they had their ugly loss to Tampa. They had their ugly loss to Minnesota, who I'll get into Minnesota a little bit more later as well. But I have them at number three based off of how they played throughout the course of the season. However, I am a little concerned by the way they were dominated in both those losses. Those were bad losses from the standpoint of they just were physically outmanned in those situations, in those games. And that's something that could present itself again later on. We, we saw it a little bit last year that the 49ers physically dominated the Packers when they played them last year. We got to see how this plays out with the Packers moving forward. But right now I've got them at number three. Number four is the surprise team. And number four and five could, could alternate back and forth. But I've got Arizona at four. I've got Seattle at number five. Um, obviously, we know they played. They had a, a great Monday night game a few weeks ago. Arizona found a way to win that one. But I think it's a little deeper than that. Seattle's defense really concerns me. Seattle's defense looked terrible against Buffalo yesterday. It was another example of if Russ is just good, it won't be good enough. Russ has to be amazing for this team to win. Their defense is consistently giving up 30 points a game. Their defense is consistently letting them be put in shootout situations where Russ has to bail them out. Russ wasn't terrible yesterday. He did throw two interceptions, but for the most part, he was pretty good. It's just their defense couldn't get a stop. And it was so concerning that they couldn't get a stop because they get Jamal Adams back. Um, he played yesterday in his return after he missed a few weeks. They got Carlos Dunlap, who we were told, hey, he's going he's gonna to provide the pass rush for them. Neither one of those things happened. Josh Allen carved them up yesterday and it was really the passing game of buffalo that killed them buffalo didn't even get to 50 yards rushing it was their passing game so that's what concerns me the most about seattle and that's why i have arizona slightly above them arizona's defense is a bit of a concern as well but they've been more consistent so far this year and i don't like again what i'm seeing from seattle outside of russ it, it, they're relying on russ to bail them out of every situation it's a tough uh position to be in moving forward They've got to figure it out. But in the NFC, like I said, I got New Orleans number one, Tampa Bay number two, Green Bay number three, Arizona number four, Seattle number five. The Rams are just on the outside of that. And this is where it's going to get tricky. We could see a situation where Arizona or Seattle not only fall out of my list. Again, these are top five title contenders in each conference. We could see one of those teams completely fall out of the playoffs. The Rams are really going to be at the center of what happens in that NFC West. Eight games left in the season. The Rams have five division games left. And they've got a game against Tampa left. Six of their eight games are going to be of high importance. We're going to learn a lot about the Rams moving forward. Like I said, I've got them just outside of the top five. Um, I thought that loss to Miami was bad on them. Miami bounced back and beat Arizona this week. But the difference in the two games was Arizona looked like themselves. It's just that Tua was really on and Miami's offense was really clicking this week. Last week, Tua was bad. And yet the Rams couldn't find a way to even be competitive in that game. And a lot of that has to do with Jared Goff. I just don't trust Jared Goff. They've got to get better there. They've got to find a way to get more consistent offensively. I know they got two of the best players on defense, but they right now – just don't have enough for me offensively to get back in this list. I had him at, at I had him in the top five a couple weeks ago, but that was before what we've seen recently. And again, list can always change. 
but the Rams are going to be at the center of what happens in the NFC West and the NFC playoffs. Five division games left, and then that Tampa Bay game. And I mentioned earlier, not only will they be at the center of what happens with, with that you know extra wild card spot, they may be the team to fall out of the playoffs. I think there's a, a sneaky situation developing in Minnesota who Dalvin Cook, I mean, has been amazing the last few weeks, and people were even mentioning him in the MVP race. Who we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit too. But Minnesota has actually played one of the tougher schedules through the first half of the season. Now we're getting into the second half of the season. It's going to lighten up. Minnesota's next eight games, they're at Chicago next week. Then they're home, Dallas, Carolina, Jacksonville. They could easily go 3-1, and one, possibly even 4-0 and oh in that stretch. Then the end of the season, the last four, they've got at Tampa Bay, home to Chicago, at New Orleans, at Detroit. That gets a little tougher because it's three of those four on the road. Three of those teams right now are playoff teams, Tampa, Chicago, New Orleans. And then obviously you got the division game against Detroit to end the season. But there is a realistic scenario that Minnesota could find a way to get to eight and eight or nine and seven and kind of sneak in to the playoffs. They could sneak into that last spot. And the reason I keep highlighting the Rams is the Rams, six of their eight games over the next six of their last eight, I should say, are conference games, five of those division games. If they don't do well in that stretch, their conference record and their overall record is going to slip, which would open the door for a team like Minnesota to make that late surge. I think Minnesota at three and five, we cannot count them out yet. They were a team I liked at the beginning of the season. I like their collection of, of talent. Justin Jefferson is going to be in a discussion for offensive rookie of the year. He won't win it. Joe, Joe Burrow will. But we know what Justin Jefferson can do. We, we know about Adam Thielen, and we, we're seeing what Delvin Cook can do. I'm not counting Minnesota out. I think we're going to learn a lot about Minnesota over the next two to three, maybe even four weeks. If they find a way to win next week in Chicago, again, they're three and five right now. If they find a way to win at Chicago, who they themselves haven't been overly impressive either, Minnesota, after that, is at home for Dallas, Carolina, and Jacksonville. All very winnable games, all games they'll be favorites to win. They can get themselves back in this thing, man. Again, this is The Sanchez Show. Make sure you follow me across all social media platforms. It's Legend in Two Games, completely spelled out. L-E-G-E-N-D-I-N-T-W-O-G-A-M-E-S. Shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. Um, we still got some more NFL talk to get into, though, man. I, I talked about top five title contenders on each side. I talked about how the Rams could possibly fall out of this playoff race if they're not careful over the next few weeks. I talked about how Minnesota could be the long shot team to make the playoffs. Let's get into some wild cards for each conference. Biggest wild card in each conference. So I'll start in the NFC. Green Bay might be the biggest wild card. And as I mentioned earlier, I have them number three on my NFC title contenders list. But this is why I think they could be the biggest wild card. Their schedule remaining is very soft. They're at six and two. There's a path for them to possibly get to 12, maybe even 13 wins and claim the overall number one seed. All right. Green Bay, remaining schedule, Jacksonville, at Colts, home for the Bears, home for the Eagles, at Detroit, home for Carolina, home for Tennessee, at Chicago. There is a real possibility that the Green Bay Packers go six and two on the back half of the schedule, 
and at least get to 12 and four and possibly take the number one seed. And then that becomes of significance because we know a January game in Lambeau would not be ideal for the Saints, who are not the same team on the road as they are at home. A January game for Tom Brady definitely wouldn't be ideal because we've seen how older quarterbacks handle cold weather late in the season. Green Bay getting the number one seed could make them the biggest wild card in the NFC. No one's no one's mentioning it. There's a team that was in the NFC title game last year. Aaron Rodgers is an MVP discussion. They find a way to get to home field advantage in the NFC and make you have to come through Lambeau. I think it's going to be very tough on those other two teams that I mentioned that in my eyes right now are above them. In the AFC, biggest wild card to me is the Oakland Raiders. I think Oakland has the inside track on getting that last wild card spot. Their remaining schedule, they're home for Denver, home for Kansas City. That's going to be a big game. Remember, they beat Kansas City the first time. Then they got to go on the road. Atlanta at Jets. They come back home for the Colts, come back home for the Chargers, at home for Miami, ended off at Denver. Right now, they're 5-3. and three. I think there's a path for them to go 5-3 and three on the second half of the schedule and finish at 10-6. and six. They would be a very dangerous seventh seed. Again, veteran quarterback, veteran head coach, solid weapons at the skill positions. Watch out for those two teams. Like I said, I think Oakland and Green Bay, oh, Las Vegas, I apologize. I'm so used to saying Oakland. Las Vegas and Green Bay, as of right now, through week nine, I think are the biggest wild cards in each conference because of the disruption they could cause in the conference. All dependent, of course, on how they finish out these eight weeks. But right now, if I'm if I would be a number two seed, if I'm Kansas City, who they've already beat, if I'm Buffalo, if I'm Baltimore, Pittsburgh, I'm worried about having to face Vegas in that two versus seven matchup to start the playoffs. That would give me the incentive to try to get to number one and get that by and, and avoid that because that would be a very tough matchup for a number two seed. We'll see though. They may finish higher. Who knows? But right now, they would, they're on course to finish as the seventh seed. Let's see how it plays out. MVP talk, because we got to get into it. Again, we're into the second half of the season. Delvin Cook's getting a lot of mention. I talked about Aaron Rodgers. He deserves to get a lot of mention. Russell Wilson has been great, though the last couple of weeks has been, a you know, he's been a little turnover prone. But for me, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's very simple. It's Patrick Mahomes. The numbers are crazy right now. Only one interception on a year. He's second in touchdowns, second in yards, second in QBR, third in overall rating. No one come close in those categories across the board. No other quarterbacks come even close. You know, uh, he's second in QBR only to Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is also first in rating. Rodgers has two interceptions, which is comparable. But Rodgers is third in touchdowns thrown, and he's ninth in yards. Russell Wilson who's fourth in yards, and he's first in touchdowns thrown. But again, eight interceptions. He's fifth in QBR. He's second in rating. I think it's between those three guys, Mahomes, Wilson, and Rodgers, through nine weeks. It's between those guys. It's it's open for somebody to come into the conversation. Um, I don't think Delvin Cook will be able to do it because those guys are competing for high seeds in the playoff, whereas Delvin Cook, at best, Minnesota sneaks in as the seventh seed. Maybe Delvin Cook wins offensive player of the year. But I think the MVP is going to come down to those three guys, Mahomes, Wilson, and Rodgers. And for me, right now, 
Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the league. They're eight and one. They're going to run away with their division, though I think the Raiders will keep it interesting. For the most part, the Chiefs are going to run away with the division and the Chiefs are going to have the opportunity to possibly be the number one seed. I mean, it, it looks like we're coming down to the wire with them and, and Pittsburgh for the number one seed. But again, the kid right now, 25 touchdowns, only one interception. He's having a great year. The defending champs, the defending uh, Super Bowl MVP, he's right now leading the MVP conversation. And unless something drastic happens over the next eight weeks, if he even stays close to this pace, if he even stays close to this pace, we're talking about him throwing 40-plus touchdowns and probably having less than five interceptions on a year. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous to think about. For the amount of time that they put the ball in the air and the amount of pass plays they call, he's going to probably finish with 40 touchdowns and five or less interceptions. It's ridiculous, man. But, again, this was the Monday Night Reactions. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, subscribe to the podcast, The Sanchez Show. Make sure you follow me across all social media platforms. Again, legend in two games completely spelled out. Shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. And as always, we open up the platform for anyone who wants to have a great sports debate. With that being said, we out of here.